Um, did you guys have a good July 4th? Let me see you. Have a good July 4th. Okay. Uh, did anyone on July 4th, did anyone go out to the lake on July 4th? Let me see you. Okay. A few people. Um, on July 4th, did anyone grill out? Yeah, got some food. That's what I'm talking about. How about this? On July 4th, did anyone light some fireworks? That's what I'm talking about. It was awesome. Hey, for those of you that uh, maybe you didn't know, uh, this is the first year that fireworks, like buying fireworks and kind of lighting them off, uh, is legal in Georgia. And so it was like the fireworks floodgates was open. You know what I'm talking about? Um, it was awesome, man. I loved it. I loved it. It kind of, um, it sounded truly like we just won a war. You know what I'm saying? Because fireworks are going off everywhere. And it also sounded like we were in the middle of a war because it was just explosions kind of going everywhere. In fact, for Catherine and I, when we, um, we pulled into our neighborhood uh, on July 4th, like that night, we were hanging out with her family beforehand. And then we pulled into our neighborhood and normally we pull into the neighborhood and then we go to the left because that's where our house is, kind of over to the left. But uh, on this night, we pulled in and as we were getting ready to turn left, I heard a noise to my right that could only be a house exploding, okay? That's what it sounded like. I was like, oh my gosh, something happened. There's a house on fire. There's people like laying in the road. I'm like, this is crazy. And so I go to the right. I'm thinking I'm about to, you know, see something crazy. And I pull into the cul-de-sac and sure enough, there's a bunch of fireworks in the middle of the cul-de-sac and all the neighbors in their like tailgate chairs just chilling. And so Catherine and I are in the car and then we back the car up. And then watch the fireworks. It was amazing. So I got a free fireworks show. And then after that was over, we went to like our house. And lo and behold, our neighbors like two doors down, they also bought a whole lot of fireworks. And so we pulled into the garage and then we just sat down in our driveway and watched the fireworks. It was amazing, man. It was awesome. I absolutely, I'm telling you, I love, love, love fireworks. And then the next day, okay, after July 4th on Sunday, there was a pretty big soccer game that happened. Did anyone watch? the World Cup women's final. It was awesome. It was incredible. Uh, our USA women's team dominated, okay? Just unbelievable. Carly Lloyd, who is one of, uh, one of our players, she actually scored more points than all of Japan, okay? Like, that's how good our team did. It was incredible. And then right after the game, someone tweeted this out. Some of y'all might have seen this. It's pretty funny. Um, says this, every kick is a free kick when you play for America, yeah, you know, it's like, amen, man. That's what I'm talking about. Land of the free, home of the brave. Dude, I was so excited. I absolutely loved watching USA win. I loved watching that game. And it actually reminded me of this series that we're in right now, right? Because the series we're in is called For the Win. And it reminds me that all of us, okay, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, all of us love winning, right? Whether you play soccer, whether you play lacrosse, whether you play football, doesn't matter what you play, all of us love winning. Like, like no one on a, on a baseball team, no one on a soccer team would ever go up to their coach and say, hey, coach, 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 real quick. Um, I prefer to lose. Can we lose? To like, like really, like pretty please, I really, really, really want to lose. Like no one would say that, right? Because all of us want to win. That's why people don't write songs like all I do is lose, 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 no matter what. Right? That is not a song. And the reason it's not a song is because no one wants to lose. Everyone wants to win. We all love the thrill of victory. No one wants to lose. Every single person wants to win. And that's why last week when Robbie opened up this series, he said this. He said, we want to win at life. Right? And the reason he said that is because all of us want to win, but it's not just on the field. Right? Like, like we want to win 
in our relationships with our friends. Maybe, maybe for some of you guys, you want to win that girl over, right? Or some of you girls, you want to win that guy over. Or maybe some of you, you want to win your parents over. And some of you are like, no, why would I want to do that? I'll tell you why. Because then you can do stuff, okay? That's a little like life hack. You can do stuff when your parents like you, okay? So some of y'all are like, I want to win my friends over. I want to you know, win my family over. Some of you are like, I really want to win in my relationship with God, right? So no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, all of us, this is true. We all want to win at life. But for whatever reason, I don't know why, but it's like there's always like an obstacle. There's always something that like gets in the way. Even though all of us believe this and all of us feel this way, it's like there's always something that stops us from winning. In fact, when I was, uh, when I was in college, um, and for those of you that don't know, uh, I went to the University of Georgia. Go dogs! That's what I'm talking about. That was for you. <laughs> Look at him shaking his head. He doesn't like it. Um, Okay, so I went to the University of Georgia, and UGA is a massive school, okay? There's like 30,000 people that go to UGA. I'm talking a big, big school. And when you have a school that big with that many people, then, um, then like someone at UGA is into everything, okay? Because there's 30,000 people, people are into all sorts of kind of weird, crazy, nuts stuff. In fact, if you were into something kind of crazy, chances are if you went to UGA, you would find someone else that is also into that exact same thing. So I actually had a few friends that were really into this like crazy, crazy thing. I don't know if you've heard of it before, Um, but I had friends that were really into running, like for fun, you know what I'm saying? Like, what? Like, why on earth would you do it? You know, yeah, running. Okay, let me help you out. Normally, when you, like, play a sport, if you, like, do something wrong, the punishment is what? Running, right? Yeah, it's like, it's like why would you ever do that for fun? Like, I was so confused. I was like, running? Why on earth would you run? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, and then they would try to tell me all of, like, the benefits of running, right? They were like, yeah, like, you know, if you run, it's, like, really good for your heart you know, or like, or like if you run, it's like so good for your leg, you know, for like your legs and like your lungs and like cardiovascular, you know, and they're telling me all this stuff and I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Uh, and then they keep going and they're like, no, no, no. Like when you're stressed, when you're stressed, like running is so good because it like relieves stress, you know, like if you had a bad day, you could go running and you feel better. And then they would say things like, yeah, like when you run, like endorphins are released so that you actually like feel good after a run. And I was always like, yeah, but you're running. You know what I'm saying? Like, why would you run? To me, when I was in college, there were only two valid reasons why you would run, okay? Um, Number one reason is if someone's chasing you, okay? That's a great reason to run. I've seen a lot of movies where people are, right? So you should run if someone's chasing you. So that's that's, uh, reason number one. Reason number two why you should run is if there's like a, a food establishment and a line is forming, then you should run to get in that line. You know what I'm saying? Because there's some food. So that's the only reasons why you should run. Running was so silly to me. I was like, dude, did you know they invented cars, right? Like why would you run? It made no sense to me. But one day, one day, all of that changed because I discovered something. I discovered that Catherine liked to run and I liked Catherine. And so I kind of liked what she was into. And so, uh, so, so I was like, yeah, you know what, guys? Um, running sounds awesome. You know, it's like, let's do that. That's amazing. In fact, this was kind of the statement that I said to my friends. I said, I am going to run. 
I'm going to run, man. You know, like I'm going to be, I'm going to be one of those runner guys. You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen those runner guys? You know, the ones that like, they're like gliding along the pavement, like super smooth. They're just like running. You know, they're like, they're like hair is like blowing in the breeze, you know, super casual, just like one of those cool runner guys, you know? And so like, I, I, I like pictured it, me on the campus at UGA. I was like, I'm going to be one of those runner guys. And so I'll be running and then all these people will like see me and their heads will turn. They'll be like, he's one of those runner guys, you know? It's like, that's him. And then I thought, oh, what if like, what if in the future, you know, when I'm running, I like run by Catherine's dorm. You know, so I'm like running by her dorm, then I look up and I see her, and her eyes meet. I give her one of these, you know, I'm like, what's up? How you doing? And then I wink at her, you know, but I can't wink, and so I just blink, but doing this, you know, so it looks like I'm winking, right? And so like she sees me, or I thought, what would it be like if she's like chilling there, you know, and I, and, and I start running, and then I see her, and I do the cool like jog in place thing, you know what I'm talking about? Like people run up, and they go, hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing, Catherine? It's good to see you. Just, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know if you do this, I, I run, okay? Like, it's just kind of what I do, trying to keep the heart rate up right now. So, um, so what's you up to? You know, playing it super smooth, and then, you know, she and I would be talking, and then be like, well, hey, um, I gotta run, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anyways, I'll see you later, you know? And so, like, I'd run off, like, I could see it. It was like, that's gonna be me, man. I'm gonna run. It's gonna be awesome. So, I go to my house, and I put on... I didn't have any running shoes. I just had like tennis shoes. So I put on some tennis shoes and then, um, and then I just put on some normal like shorts and then I didn't have one of those cool like dry fit shirts. So I just put on like a normal like cotton t-shirt, you know? Um, and then I don't know why I did this, but I put on like a baseball hat backwards, you know? So I'd be aerodynamic, you know? None of that thing going on. So I, so I put it on backwards and I was ready to run. I'm gonna run, okay? So then I, um, I ran about a half mile and it turns out that running is really hard, like really hard. And so I got about a half mile in and I was completely exhausted. Like my lungs were burning, my legs were on fire. I could not go a step further. I was, I was sweating, I was pale. I was like, this is miserable. Why would anyone run? You know, it was like terrible. So uh, I get about a half mile out and then I, I kind of like walk back to the house, like super ashamed of myself because I said I was gonna run, but I didn't run. And then my roommates, I think my roommates knew that like, that like I was gonna fail. So they had their cameras ready for as soon as I came back. And they took a picture of me like 10 seconds after I got back to the house. Uh, so here's the picture of me. <laughs> Check out that goatee, you know what I'm talking about? I was working on that thing. And I, I, I am like sweating, I'm pale. I'm like huddled over the sink about to vomit because it's like the worst day of my entire life. So this is a picture. This is a picture after the very first time that I ran in college. And it's also the picture of the very last time that I ran in college. I was like, that is dumb. I'm not doing that again. Are you kidding me? Like that's so hard. Even though I said I'm gonna run, I ended up not doing it. I bailed because it was too tough. And you guys know what that's like, right? I mean, I, I mean, all of us have these like dreams and the, you know, these ideas of like who we want to be in the future. You know, we want to be like more athletic or we want to be the runner guy, you know, or like, or like you want to have a lot of friends or, you know, you don't want to have any regrets or you want to be like super spiritual. You want to be whatever. We all have these dreams of who we want to be and the bridge between who we are today and who we want to be is this phrase right here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Right? So like maybe for some of you, you know, it's January 
and you know that spring break is coming up and you're like, I got to have that spring break bod. You know what I'm saying? And so you're like, I'm going to work out, right? Like I'm going to get fit. I'm going to run. I'm going to do all these things. Or maybe, maybe for some of you, um, maybe last year grades weren't so hot, you know? And so as you're looking forward to this year, you're like, dude, my parents have threatened me. So I'm going to study, you know, like I don't want to, but I'm going to study. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to like, you know, pay attention. Or maybe, maybe for some of you, like you want to have better friendships or maybe you want to like meet more people. And so you say, man, I'm going to like go out of my comfort zone or I'm going to be like really nice to him or I'm going to be really nice to her. Or maybe for some of you, some of you, you come here on like a Thursday night and you get like, you get like really like inspired. And so you start thinking, man, I'm going to, I'm going to pray more. Or I'm going to read my Bible more. Or, or you know, I'm going to, Steve said that I should start doing these things, so I'm going to do those. Or, or Steve said I shouldn't do that, so I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. And this is what you say. And then what happens? After a few days, right? After a few months, the gunnas are gone. And they've turned into shittas. And then you have like, you have that like sinking feeling in your stomach. You know what I'm talking about? That like, that like pit of your stomach, like the feeling of regret. In fact, I would define regret this way. I would say regret is a big pile of shoulda. Okay, make sure you say the full word too. Big pile of shoulda, okay? That's how you know what regret is. Regret is when you get your report card and you're looking at it and you're like, I didn't know numbers could go that low. Like that is really bad and you start thinking man I should have studied more man you know I I should have paid attention I should have done my homework or maybe like you got a group of friends and y'all used to be tight but like you don't really hang out with them anymore and maybe you're not as nice to them as you know you should be and so you start thinking man I should have I should have been nicer man I shouldn't have said those things or maybe maybe for some of you it's like you're sitting upstairs in your room because you got grounded you start thinking, man, I should have listened. Man, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done that. Or maybe for some of you, even you come here on a Thursday night and you see your friends around you and they seem to be happy. They seem to be content. They seem to have a really good relationship with God. And you start thinking, man, I, I should have, I should have. And so the question I want to talk about tonight for all of us is this. How do you keep, how do you keep your gunnas from turning into shouldas? right? Because all of us have a dream of who we want to be. We all want to win at life. And so how do you keep the gunners from turning in to shouldas? And this is a question that Solomon actually addresses. And so I want to look together at what he said in the book of Proverbs. So do this. Grab your Bibles. They should be right under your chair or maybe right uh, underneath the chair in front of you. And if we could get a few more from the back, I think some of the front row is missing Bibles as well. We're going to look together at Proverbs chapter 14. And uh, this is on page 642, 642. So go ahead, grab your Bibles, turn to page 642. We're going to make sure you guys get taken care of on the front row, that y'all have Bibles. Sweet. So go ahead. Uh, this is Proverbs chapter 14, if you have your own Bible. Uh, if you don't and you're using one of ours, Proverbs 14 on page 642. Now, uh, Last week when Robbie was talking about the book of Proverbs, he talked about how it was written by a guy named Solomon. And he said this, Robbie said that Solomon, according to scripture, was the wisest man who ever lived. And that's true. But even more than that, 
Solomon is considered by Christian historians and non-Christian historians to be the wisest person who ever lived. In fact, even people with different belief systems believe that Solomon was incredibly wise. Even during the time of Solomon, there were people from neighboring countries with different gods that they worshiped that actually came to Solomon because of how intelligent and how wise he was. In fact, there was a woman who was uh, the queen of Sheba. So she was kind of like the queen of Egypt. And she had heard about Solomon and his wisdom. And she went out of her way just to be face to face with Solomon so that she could learn what Solomon knew. And so for a lot of us, when we hear that Solomon is the wisest person who ever lived and that he wrote a book called Proverbs, I think we have a tendency to think that Proverbs was written by Solomon to like, you know, like a king to his people. You know, like almost like Solomon was like super smart and he knew it and he's looking down at like all the people and he's saying like, y'all are dumb, y'all don't get it, let me help you out, right? Like, let me make sure you know this. And so a lot of times we think that that is why Solomon wrote Proverbs, but that's actually not true. Solomon did not write Proverbs as a king to his people. Solomon wrote Proverbs as a dad to his kids. See, Solomon wrote from a father's perspective to his son and to his daughter. In fact, as you read through Proverbs, the way it starts off is Solomon saying, oh, my son, my son, if you would just listen to my advice, if you would just listen to your father's instructions. See, Proverbs is written from the heart of a father, a father who cares about his kids and doesn't want his kids to have regrets. He wants his kids to have a life to the full and that's why he actually wrote Proverbs. And so as we read this verse together, I wanna make sure we know that it's under the context of Solomon writing to his kids. And so this is what he says in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 23. Talking to his kids, he's saying this, oh, my son, my daughter, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk, mere talk leads only to poverty. All hard work brings a profit. And oh, my son, my daughter, if you would just listen, because mere talk leads only to poverty. Now, this first part is pretty self-explanatory. It's basically saying, you know, hard work pays off. In fact, some of you have actually heard your parents say this, right? Maybe your mom or maybe your dad came up to you and said, hard work pays off. So you got to work really hard. I promise you it's going to pay off in the long run. And so we get that. And I want to spend the majority of our time talking about the second part of this verse. Because see, the second part of this verse is where we live. See, we live, hey guys, up here. We live in the mere talk, right? We live in the I'm gonna's. We live in the talking about it, but not actually doing it. And what Solomon says is mere talk leads to poverty. And that word poverty literally means wanting more. In other words, it's like the sinking feeling in your stomach. It's that regret. It's that shoulda. And so if Solomon were talking to us today, I think he might word it something like this. Hard work pays off, but talking leaves you wanting more. And to sum it up even more succinct, this is actually in your notes. It sounds like this. Doing gets you where talking won't. Doing gets you where just talking about it never will. Now, what he's not saying, and I want to make sure you know this, what he is not saying is that if you try really hard or you work really hard, then you're going to get an A or you're going to make the team or all your friends are going to love you or your relationship with your parents is going to be perfect. That's not what he's saying. 
But what he is saying is that doing will take you further than just talking about it. And so maybe when you actually try, when you work hard, maybe you won't get the A, but maybe you'll get the B. Or, or maybe you won't be a starter on the team, but maybe you'll make the team. But the difference is doing instead of talking because doing gets you where talking won't. The other thing this verse is not saying is that this is gonna be easy, right? A lot of times we hear about this and we get inspired. And so we start thinking that this is actually gonna be really easy for us, right? I mean, even Nike says, just do it. It's easy. Just kind of make it happen. It shouldn't be any trouble. It's just gonna be a walk in the park. But I'm telling you, that is not what he's saying. And so this next statement I want us all to know is gonna seem really basic to many of you. But I'm telling you, what's hidden in here is really profound. And it's this, it's in your notes. Hard work is hard, (laughs) okay? He's not saying hard work is gonna be easy. He's saying hard work is actually hard. In fact, the word he uses for hard work is painful diligence. Meaning if you work at something, sometimes it's gonna cause you pain. But, but, hard work is hard, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Hard work is hard, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's actually worth it. See, when I was in college, I, uh, I tried to run. And I even said, I'm gonna run. <laughs> but then I gave up and I bailed. And I had a lot of regret and I had a lot of, oh, I shoulda and I wish I'd stayed in shape and I wish I ran. And then shortly after college, my wife and I got married and we ended up, um, Catherine and I ended up living in the middle of Atlanta, like right, like downtown Atlanta. In fact, where we were living was just a few miles away from the start of a race called the Peachtree Road Race. The Peachtree Road Race happens every 4th of July, and it is considered the uh, nation's largest 10K. People come from all over just to run this race. 60,000 people participate every single year in the Peachtree Road Race. And I'm telling you, they're flying in from other states. Some are even flying in from other countries. And I start thinking, man, I live just a few miles away from this race. How could I not run the Peachtree Road Race? And so I set a goal. My goal was I'm gonna run. But this time I meant it. And I decided I'm gonna run the Peachtree Road Race. And so I remember getting, getting ready and we're living in this apartment just a few miles away and I put on some tennis shoes and some shorts and a t-shirt And this time I asked Catherine to join me and I was like, Catherine, can you run with me? Because I'm really not good at this and I want to get better. And so she agreed to run. And and so we we, we started running right by our house. And sure enough, I got about a half mile in and I was completely winded and completely exhausted and my legs were tired and my lungs were burning. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the worst. This is the worst. This is the worst. But a few days later, I ran again. And again with Catherine, and again, I only got about a half mile in and I was completely exhausted and completely winded. And some of you hear that and you're like, a half mile, man, that's nothing. But I'm telling you, for me, a half mile, like running straight without stopping was incredibly difficult for me. But then a few days after that, I ran again. And this time I got just a little bit further than a half mile. And then a few days after that, I ran again and I got a little bit further. And then I ran again and I got a little bit further, and then I ran again, and I got a little bit further, until finally I was able to run one mile straight without stopping. And for me, this was a big celebration, because I had never really done that before. I mean, the last time I did that was when I was like in elementary school. And so for me, this was a big, big, big deal. And I kept training. 
and I kept running. Even when it was hot, even when it was cold, even when I was tired, even when it was late at night, I kept running every single day. And then eventually I was able to run two miles in a row. And then I asked my friend Matt, who is a really good buddy of mine, um, he used to run in high school. And so I asked him, I was like, man, can you run with me? And so we agreed and we actually ran together and we ran together. And eventually we got to run three miles in a row without stopping. And this is about half the distance of the Peachtree Road Race. Um, uh, the Peachtree Road Race is about six miles. And so we continued to train, continued to train. Eventually I was able to do four miles and then five miles. And then came the day of the race. And it's July 4th, and they have this big flag right at the start line, and there's 60,000 people here ready to run the Peachtree Road Race. And I had a personal goal that I would set, which was to run the Peachtree Road Race without stopping. And so I got to the starting line, and I began to run. And after about an hour, I crossed the finish line, and I didn't stop. So I ran the entire Peachtree Road Race without stopping. I didn't just say I'm going to run. I actually did it. And then after that, I started training some more because I found out there was a half marathon, which is 13.1 miles that took place at the end of that year. And so I signed up and I ran that one too. And then the next year, I ran the Peachtree Road Race again and got an even better time. And then I did the half marathon later that year and got an even better time. And then my friend Matt and I, we were like, hey, we should run like a race outside of Georgia. So we actually bought plane tickets and we went to Utah where there was this beautiful uh, race in the middle of the Canyonlands. It was a half marathon, 13.1 miles. And he and I actually ran that together across the finish line. Now, I want to show you something. I want to show you a picture of after the very first time that I ran. And this is a picture of me completely exhausted. This is a picture of someone who said they were going to do something and they didn't do it. This is a picture of someone who said gonna and then the gonna turned into shoulda. This is a picture of regret. And now I want to show you a different picture. The next picture I want to show you is a picture that they actually took at the end of the half marathon in Utah. This is a picture of me crossing the finish line after 13.1 miles. <laughs> and so there I am, cheering and celebrating and fired up. And this is a picture, not of someone who said, I'm gonna, and then the gonna turned into shoulda. This is a picture of someone who said, I'm gonna, and then they actually did it. This is a picture of winning. This is a picture of someone crossing the finish line. Now, what I want to make sure you do not hear is that this was easy. This was not in fact, during our training, um, I actually injured myself and I had to completely change the way that I ran, had to go see a doctor, had to have um, all this, you know, like medicine to make sure that I would get better. And while I was running, sometimes the runs would be early in the morning, as early as 5.30 in the morning, I would wake up to run. Sometimes I would run late at night. Sometimes I would run and it'd be over 100 degrees outside. Sometimes I would run and it would be below freezing. There were many times where I didn't want to run and I didn't feel like running, but I ran anyway. This was not easy. In fact, training and hard work does cause pain. And I'm telling you, there are two options. You have the option of hard work, which causes pain, as well as the option of regret, which causes pain. But I promise you, I promise you, the pain of regret is always worse than the pain of hard work. The pain of regret, the pain of, man, I shoulda, the pain of, oh, if only I had, is always worse than the pain of hard work. 
And so I wanna show you those two pictures again, side by side. On one side, you have the picture of regret, and on the other side, you have the picture of hard work. And as you look at your life, maybe your relationship with your friends, maybe your grades at school, maybe even your relationship with God, which one of these pictures represents your life? As you think about your relationship with God, is it something where there's a lot of regret? Man, I really should have. Or is it a picture of you crossing the finish line, doing the things that you set out to do? Which one is it? And so I wanna ask you this final question. We're gonna talk about this for just a few more minutes. The question is this, what are the gunnas that you need to do? Not one of the gunnas that you would like to do, not one of the gunnas that maybe one day I'll think about doing, but what are the gunnas that you need to do? Maybe for you, the gunna is, I keep telling myself I'm gonna work harder in school, but I never do. And maybe that's the gunna that you need to go after. Or maybe the gunna is related to your friends. Or maybe the gunna is related to here. Because I know for many of you, you, um, you get excited about Thursday night and you're so pumped about M12 and you get here and you leave inspired. And you're like, oh my gosh, my life is gonna change. Man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read my Bible. Man, I'm gonna pray. Man, Steve said not to do that, so I'm not gonna do that anymore. I'm gonna start doing this, man. I'm gonna change. And then on Friday or Saturday, the gonna turns into shoulda. And so maybe God is pressing in on you tonight and saying that there are some gunnas that you need to do. And maybe you've said before that you were gonna do it or maybe you thought about how you could do it, but you never actually did it. And maybe God, your heavenly father, is pressing in and saying, oh, my son, my son, my daughter, I care so much for you and I don't want you to have regret anymore. I want you to do the things that you say you're gonna do. So what is this? What's the gonna that you need to do? Maybe it's praying. Maybe it's reading scripture. Maybe it's having that accountability group. What's the gonna for you? And I wanna get real practical at the end because I don't think it's enough for us to just say, here's the gonna that I wanna do. I think we need to do something about it. And so I want to borrow from my journey at running and talk specifically about how you could win the gunners in your life. Number one, the main thing is to set a goal. See, there's a difference between saying, I'm going to run and saying, I'm going to run the Peachtree Road Race without stopping. See, when you get uh, specific, it changes things. In fact, as I was talking to um, people that have run before, they said, every time I say I'm going to run and I don't sign up for a race, I never do. But whenever I sign up for a race, then I actually do it. And so maybe for you, you need to be specific. Maybe instead of just saying, I'm going to be closer to God, maybe it's, I'm going to pray for five minutes every day. Or maybe it's, I'm going to pray as soon as I wake up. Or maybe as soon as I get home from school every day, I'm going to read just five minutes of scripture. What's the gunner for you? Number one is set a goal. Number two is don't give up. See, because there were many days where I didn't feel like running. 
There were many days where I was tired and it was hot outside and my friends were doing other stuff and I didn't want to run. But the reason I crossed the finish line is because I did not give up. And if you want to pray more or you want to read scripture more, those are things that I think you should do. But I promise you this, there are going to be days where you don't feel like doing that. There are. And that's okay because it happens. There are going to be days where you don't feel like waking up earlier and reading scripture or coming home from school and praying. But I think Solomon would say to his kids, do it anyway so that you can have a life free of regret. And the very last one is this, to run with others, to run with others. See, when I first set out in college to run, I ran by myself and it didn't work. But then after college, I ran with Catherine and after doing a few miles, I actually ran with my friend, Matt. And even years later, training for that half marathon, I ran still with someone else. And so maybe there's a friend, maybe it's your small group. Who is it that's your other that you need to run with? Maybe for you, it looks like, you know what? As soon as I wake up in the morning, I'm going to pray. And so maybe you get one or two of your friends and you tell them, you know what? Let's do this together. Let's run together. And so then, you know, you, um, Maybe you wake up and you pray and then you call your friend and you say, hey, did you pray? Yeah, awesome, me too. And you run together. Who do you need to run with? Because I'm telling you, Solomon wanted his kids to have a life free of regret and your heavenly father feels the same way. He wants you to have a life where you are winning and he cares about you. And so he doesn't want your gunas to turn into shouldas. So what's the gun on your life that you need to set a goal? not give up and run with someone else. Because I'm telling you, the pain of regret is far worse than the pain of hard work. Doing gets you where talking won't. Let me pray for you. God, I pray that, uh, I pray that you would let these students know right now what specifically they need to do. What's the gonna in their life that they have yet to do that you are asking them to do? And maybe tonight is the night that they begin the hard work of fulfilling their commitments. God, I know that you care about them and you love them as your kids and you don't want them to have any regrets. And so I pray that they would chase after that life that you have for them. Even if it means waking up earlier, even if it means doing something that's difficult when their friends are doing something else, I pray that they would train and they would, ha they would have hard work that would ultimately lead to life to the full. God, I love these students so much and I know that you love them even more. And so I pray they would band together, they would run the race, and they would finish what they started. We love you so much and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.